the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You ain't nothing but a hound dog The crying all the time You ain't nothing but a hound dog Crying all the time Well, we ended the last segment with John Lennon. We're, we're bringing it back with Elvis Presley. Not exactly sure what music I should play to uh, highlight Muhammad Ali, but uh, we'll figure something out. Uh, I am thrilled here on the Arthur Idala Power Hour to welcome Bill O'Reilly to the program. As I stated in the last segment, uh, I know Stern goes around and calling himself the self-proclaimed king of all media. But at this point, uh, Bill O'Reilly has uh, trumped him. He is, in fact, Bill is the king of all media. Uh, almost two decades at number one in cable news. And now he's rocking it on the uh, streaming platforms. Uh, he's kicking butt on radio and on podcasts and with all of these books these killing series uh he is the indisputable indisputable champion as was muhammad ali see we, we've got them all in there we got elvis lennon and ali welcome to the show mr o'reilly you forgot to name the book oh, well I I, we already did we did that in the first segment o'reilly we're going to talk about the book we're going to talk about the book this whole i did the commercial for you in the first segment i don't want to waste any of your time i uh, promise no. i'll pump it up talking to you is never a waste of time so the book killing the legends the lethal danger of celebrity you actually use hound dog which that dopey song changed american culture and that's why I decided to write this book, because cultural history in America is very underreported. Most historians are snobby. So you say Elvis, John Lennon, Mamet Ali, they go, well, what about Millard Fillmore? Well, we'll get to Millard later. But uh, the way we live in America was directly impacted by these three men. So I chose them um, to be in the 12th killing book, Killing the Legend. And it's amazing stories because they all collapsed under the weight of their celebrity. So here's here's the thing, because, Bill, I spent a big hunk of this weekend uh, when I wasn't with my five year old and 10 month old uh, reading reading the book. I was particularly fascinated by Muhammad Ali's section because my grandfather handed Muhammad Ali the biggest defeat of his career when he judged the fight nine, six, one. Frazier uh, on March 8th, 1971. But Elvis and Lennon, ultimately, they got their different to diff, taking different paths, but they succumbed to drugs. Ali succumbed to some degree religion and then the trust of, of losing his finances, which formed which caused him to keep getting punched in the head. Um, so the question I had when I was reading the book, and here's the question for you, why Ali and not Marilyn Monroe, who falls more into the Elvis and Lennon of succumbing to the fame and dying because of the drugs? Because Marilyn did not influence the culture at all, whereas Ali um, took dissent to the level that had never been seen when he refused to be inducted into the army. All right. And that had never been at that level of celebrity done. And then the civil rights 
next to Dr. Martin Luther King, Muhammad Ali was the most impactful African-American involved in the movement. So that's why I wrote this book, because people don't know that. They say, well, you know, I get a lot of questions. Well, where's Michael Jackson? Well, Michael Jackson's dead from drugs, but he didn't influence the culture. And um, so I'm dealing with the titans, the three ones that um, influence how we live today. I mean, the Beatles from 64 to 69 were the spear point of the sex, drugs, rock and roll era. Again, changing our culture to what we have today. And to see what happened to the leader of the band, I mean, you can make an argument McCartney, but Lennon was really, you know, the most gregarious. He's out there. And then he does a total 180 after meeting Yoko Ono, becomes a recluse, addicted to heroin. What is that all about? That, of course, broke up the Beatles, and people don't know that. Um, So I'm very happy in the way that we portrayed these men, because it's absolutely honest. There's no BS in the book, um, no celebrity crap. We're not involved with that, other than to say, if you want to be a famous person, be careful what you wish for. Well, let me let me back up to, uh, I guess, kiss your butt a little bit. So my dad is a voracious reader, and you can tell me what year um, Killing Lincoln came out. And I forget if I bought it for him or somehow he got it on his own. And when I say my dad's a voracious read, I mean, like, he reads three or four books a week. Uh, he said that Killing Lincoln was amongst, if not the, the best book he's ever read, which then compelled me to read it. And then I went into the whole Killing Kennedy book. But I think this book, and he, my dad actually said this to me, may be your bestseller only because of what you just said. It has three people that kind of span, you know, Elvis, you could go look at the 50s, the Beatles, you can look at the 60s into the 70s, and and uh, Ali goes into the 70s into the 80s. There's something in this book for everyone. And when you just pick it up and you look and you read Prologue 1, which has this horrible description of Elvis basically dying in the in the bathroom and how they find him, you just get sucked in. I mean, you just gotta you just gotta keep reading. You, you really you don't give the uh, the reader a choice. Uh, does does the uh, saleability of these books? Because you've written all of them now, from Jesus to the Killing the Killers. How big of a factor is that for Bill O'Reilly when he decides what book to write? Well, I want people to read the books. Number one, obviously, that drives success in uh, authorship. But I don't pander. I'm never going to pander, and I don't do that on TV or radio either. I basically say, look, if you want to know about whatever it may be, Lincoln, Jesus, Pat, uh, this is the 12th killing book, Killing New Legends, the most successful book series nonfiction in history. 19 million copies of my books in print. Listen, I already crowned you the king of all media, O'Reilly, yeah, so keep I mean, going. But it's, Come on. It's, it's humbling, actually, for me, who never even – thought I would get a book published back in 2000. But I put the reader there. So you are in Graceland when Elvis Presley is destroying himself. You are in the ring with Ali when Joe Frazier almost killed him in the Philippines. Um, Ali almost died, and, and Frazier was almost blinded by Ali. It was the most brutal prize fight in the history of prize fighting. And it, it changed the course of both men. And then one of the keystones of the book is that Ferdy Pacheco, the fight doctor, told Ali and 
the nation of Islam. You can't fight him again for another year. Who's back in the ring in four months? Yeah, Muhammad I, that, Ali. I, I didn't and realize that. And that destroyed his brain. It destroyed it. Well, but O'Reilly, from O'Reilly, what you write in the book is Ali disputes that in the book. He says, it doesn't no, matter what Ali disputes. Well, he says no other boxer has gotten Parkinson's. He said Joe Lewis got hit a lot of times. Marciano got hit a lot of times. And none of them got Parkinson's. Pacheco confirmed it. And that's the guy who was closest, the physician closest to Ali. It's like Elvis. Elvis goes, oh, I'm not a drug addict. You know, I mean, these people don't see themselves. They didn't know what was happening to them, um, that their fame overwhelmed them, that they gave other people authority in their lives they never should have given them. Um, they didn't know they were being betrayed while they were being betrayed. It's, they didn't know it. So That's what is the common the thread, Bill O'Reilly? of celebrity. What's the common thread between the three of them, or is there one? Betrayal. They're okay. all betrayed <laughs> by people close to them. Tom Parker, the manager, um, takes 50% of Presley's assets. But Presley knew it, handed it over. Um, John Ali. Lennon totally changes after he cedes his life to Yoko Ono, who's still alive today, gives her complete authority over him. And Muhammad Ali goes into the Nation of Islam, now run by Louis Farrakhan, and does exactly what they tell him to do. And if that means your brain is going to get destroyed, that's what it means. So that's the common thread that runs in the three of them, the lethal danger of celebrity. So here's what you write in the book. Fame changes those who receive it. It's not a natural condition. So, Bill O'Reilly, you're not exactly an unknown quantity. Uh, neither is Geraldo Rivera, who's a very close mutual friend. So, you know, I'm not, again, I'm not blowing smoke, Bill O'Reilly, and I know you're a tough guy. How, you know, how come you don't go off the rails? How come Geraldo didn't go off the rails? What, what was the weakness in these people that, you know, and the strength that someone like you and Geraldo have? Well, it's an excellent question, Idella. And you can tell you're a lawyer. I had a family that raised me with very strong Judeo-Christian values, okay? Number one. Number two, I wanted to be famous, but I didn't want to have a mansion and a Ferrari and all that. I didn't do it for that. I did it because I wanted everybody to know my name, like in Cheers, because they respected my ability as a journalist. And number three, I made colossal mistakes, um, when I became famous. Colossal. I didn't protect myself nearly at the level that I should have. And I did it because I didn't know, and I should have known, that when you bloviate about politics every day in America, some people are going to try to hurt you badly. And so I didn't protect myself to the level I should have. Now, I learned my lesson and I didn't self-destruct like Ali and Lennon and um, Elvis. But, boy, I got, I got hammered big time. <laughs> well, uh, you know, whatever. I, 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 all I can tell you is on a personal level, I, I miss you uh, on a regular basis. Although you're, now you're, I don't know, you're actually more omnipresent now uh, than I think you used to be when you just had yeah, that one, the one on, show. <laughs> look, the big thing is that, once you become famous in America, and Donald Trump and Joe Biden are very good examples of that, your whole life changes, and it's hard to keep control of things. 
sports. So I'm happy I'm not in corporate media anymore. I never, ever go back to it because now I control my life. Whereas when you work for a corporation, you do not. So, okay, now I'm going to I'm going to really now I'm going to be a cross examiner. Mr. O'Reilly, you know, you you were at Fox News. You were a, a superstar. You had if you combine your two shows, the eight o'clock and then they re-aired it, you had more viewers than network news did. And then, you know, you you didn't really choose to leave. You you were you left. Uh, Megan Kelly, same kind of thing. She didn't really leave the way she wanted to leave NBC. And yet she says the same exact thing that you do, uh, that she's so happy and you know she would never go back. And I look at the line you wrote at the end of the book regarding uh, Yoko and John, and you said, if you see decision-making to another person, disaster often follows. But you ceded decision-making to Roger Ailes and the Murdochs for all those years. You had to no, follow the rule. Well, to some degree, you had to follow the rules. Uh, no. You know, I did not. I, okay, that's absolutely not true. Okay, well, tell, let's never, hear the truth from I Bill O'Reilly. Never, go ahead. I never ceded any autonomy to the corporate masters, ever, in any of my jobs. And that's why they didn't like me all that much. And going in, and I don't forget a conversation I had with Rune Arledge when I signed out with ABC News to work for Peter Jennings. I looked him in the eye and said, don't hire me if you want a puppet. I'm going to go out, I'm going to do my job, I'm going to do the job the best of the ability, I'm going to deliver a product that's good. But don't tell me what to do. And Al's never did. Not one time in more than 20 years, and neither did anybody else in that corporation. Can I, can I get... I would I, not have been, I would not have been receptive to that. Go ahead. Can I, I would just like to ask you uh, three or four sentences about Roger Ailes. Brilliant man, uh, great judge of talent on uh, television, leader, um, conservative, um, always honest to, with me. You know, I ask him a question, get a straight answer, which is in corporate corporations, that's unusual. And um, I feel terrible what happened to him and his family. Oh, I, I think I agree with everything you just said. I just want to end, Bill, with the way you end the book. Um, you talk about literally the last page of the book, 276, and the, the last few pages where you sum it up, the author's note, it just it hits the nail on the head on so many different levels. But you tie all of this in, these three guys, Elvis and Lennon and, and uh, Ali, into kind of cancel culture today. And... You could use Lenin as an example. I mean, he is lauded. I am assuming if you go into the most left, left, left place, they'll tell you John Lennon was the greatest thing ever. And what you point out in the book is before he died, he talked about how he beat women. How he's violent towards women, uh, yet he hasn't been canceled. Then you talk about Abraham Lincoln and George Washington's names being taken off of buildings in San Francisco. And how do we deal with that? Uh I want to ask you a very personal question because of the time of year we're in. I am one of the leaders in the Italian-American community. And now, uh, as you credit, the cancel culture fanatics, as you describe them in the book, uh, they throw the first, the first stone, you know, alluding to the phrase in the Bible. How do we deal with Christopher Columbus? We're not talking about someone who lived a couple hundred years ago. We're, we're 500 years plus, and they're holding him to the standards of today. What do we say to those who want to tell me, you know, oh, no, Arthur, we're 
taking Christopher Columbus Day and Italian Heritage Culture Day off the calendar, and we're going to make it something else. Well, it's wrong. Because every person of history had duality, as all human beings do. And Christopher Columbus is a very difficult man to nail down. There's only one letter from him that exists. It's in the Vatican Museum, and it's not public, about how he treated the native tribes in the Caribbean, which is the controversy, and why he did what he did. But even though he did, I'm sure he did bad things, because every human being does, there's no reason to take that holiday, which honors an ethnic group that's contributed magnificently to this country, off the calendar. There's just no reason to do it. And it's the same thing with Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, he's a slaveholder. Wasn't such a great guy in his plantation. But what he did for billions of human beings since that time counters that to some extent. And that's how sane people look at history. But the cancer culture witch hunters are so dangerous, not only to history, but to this country. But nobody will go up against them because they fear them. Well, but, Bill, we, we can't fear them. You know, they just did a, a – it breaks my heart when I go by the Museum of Natural History and Teddy Roosevelt is gone. That blows my mind that he's gone. Uh, Justice Alito has said publicly it broke his heart when the people of Newark threw the Columbus statue in the water because he says he remembers the the old Italian immigrants putting in their last dollars to put that, that statue up. Uh, you know, Bill, someone like you – we we can't we got to keep fighting. I mean, Geraldo Rivera well, I quote. I know, and I have too. Yeah, and we, and we have to. to these swine. I mean, I'll, I'm never <laughs> doing that. But reality is, this country is taking a turn for the worse. Our culture is being besieged by people who hate America. They want to change everything about it. And you're right. Good people have to stand up and say no. And if they don't, then in 10 years, you're not going to recognize this place. I hope in less than 10 years, and I'm I'm not being facetious, you could write the book Killing the Cancel Culture and talk about how the pendulum has swung the other way and uh, things have have simmered down. I'd be happily come out of retirement to do that, Arthur. Why are you re- are you retire uh, are you retiring? Nah, you know I'm getting old now, so oh, I'm still feisty, it but you know who knows. But look, I appreciate you reading the book. And it was great. It was great. To your dad, thank you so much, Bill O'Reilly here on the Author yep. Idola Power Hour. Thanks so much for the time, Bill. I truly, truly appreciate it. This is a great book. It's Arthur alone now. I, you know, I'm not sitting around reading books all day long. I don't really have time. I'm reading briefs. I'm correcting documents. But the way Bill said he. He puts you in Graceland. He really does. I don't know. I, I didn't talk about Martin Duggard, who writes all these books with Bill, but he is really, really, uh, the, the two of them together, they really make you want to read, and they really do suck you in. So um, thank you to Bill O'Reilly. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to do some commercials, and then we'll be back, and we'll follow up with Bill. Thanks. I'm going to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. George can't hit what his hands can't see. Now you see me, now you don't. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.